Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. I'm going to talk about judgment and cyberbullies and how that affects us as humans and how that affects our children and the concerns that I have as a human. I have found that through the course of my own journey and not just my journey of social media, but my journey of my life with like I've discussed with you before, sharing that I was in the midst of a divorce and then Jonathan passed away and fear of the judgment or blame or comments that would be made to me. And I've gotten tons of random DMs that are not so nice, to be quite honest, judgment and haters. Yeah. When I first started sharing about Jonathan, there were a few who reached out and said some pretty, pretty awful things. One person in particular, one of Jonathan's friends, two days after Jonathan passed, sent me a Facebook message that I saw like a week or two later and just wrote a one-liner, devil, that's what you are. I turned on that damn video camera with my children sitting there And I looked in that camera and I said, I would like for you to come here and say that to my face in front of my children. Shame on you. And I sent it and it felt really effing good. But I've had a lot of blame through Jonathan's passing on Jonathan's side of the family, friends, family. And I think that's part of the reason why I push so much for you if you are struggling to talk because I honor Jonathan's wishes by not talking. And because of that, no one really knew what was going on. And when individuals are in pain, they choose to blame. And that's not just within my story, but all of social media. This has become a huge, huge issue for our children and an area of concern that again, not only affects me, but I feel affects our future children and their particular generation, especially too with what's happening right now, like the generation right now of 18, 19, 20 year olds. When you and I were growing up, I remember when AOL first came to be. And at the end of the day, if I was like in a fight with someone, I would like go, you know, like AOL, whatever, wait a few seconds and then be like, well, why didn't you sit by me at lunch? Like, I mean, you sat by her and, but, but you talked to him and he, I like him. You knew I liked him. Like all the crazy things. Like I totally did that. Right. We would like 
angry message. Like, I don't even know. We didn't have the guts to be able to talk about it in person. And we would just go there. And this is like 15,000 times worse. I am not a TV watcher, but I have basically the only TV I watch is things that will educate me. I like Masterclass. Yes, I do. I really like that app. And I like, of course, learning things about the brain and documentaries and an occasional movie or two. And every now and then I will enjoy reality TV because I enjoy observing patterns of humans. And you might just like stop this recording right now, but I started watching the Kardashians, the new season. Yes, I did because I wanted to check in on how those little girls are doing. No joke. And I, it was not something that I ever intended on watching, P.S., nor did I watch back in the day, okay? But something that really sparked my interest in this was how much they have begun to speak about the backlash and they describe, especially Khloe Kardashian, she describes that social media used to be fun. And now it's a breeding ground for hate and shame and just like blasting of humans. And I can see how within this series, it has for sure affected her. She hates going out in public. She feels tons of social anxiety. And yeah, she's led a really public life. That's her choice, right? But we choose to share and I very much choose to share because, and I've explained why for myself and my own personal story, but I don't feel for me that there is enough caretakers of individuals who have supported someone who's struggling like Jonathan and been able to say, you know what? I am proud of the fact that within my own marriage, I decided to shift the narrative and I shifted the dynamic and saying, I matter and so do my children. And it's a hard one for anyone to find that self-worth. And it took me 10 years to finally say, you know what? This isn't going well. I'm really struggling here and it's affecting the children. And the strength of saying, I am ready to show up for myself and release the codependency of Jonathan's outcome based on my own ability to support him. And yes, the unimaginable happened. And that's super hard and vulnerable to share that I made that choice, even with fears of wondering if Jonathan could support himself or find the support he needed. And that support was very, very much given and in any and every way possible. You name it, we offered it and he did it. But I see over and over again, these young, young girls. I posted a while ago, Travis Barker. Yeah, crazy enough. He's now related to the Kardashians. His daughter, she's like 16, bleach blonde hair, so much makeup, booty out, like boobies up and out. And that is what our children are seeing as a model. And while I'm not going to her page and ripping her a new one and judging and being like, how can you wear this? And you look like a this or that. Like, I'm not doing that. If that's what makes her feel good, more power to you, sweetie. But the concern is there of 
I definitely did not look like these college girls growing up. Like I didn't, I, I didn't look like Travis Barker's daughter growing up. Like I didn't. And there's such concern for not only how we are showing up in the world, but also the hate and the negative words and comments that we are saying. I do believe that there is a difference between concern versus judgment. If you have a concern, show on up, honey, and, and do your thing. Like I'll listen all day long. I tell my clients all day long, you are more, more than allowed to call me on my shit. If you feel like I've done something that's upset you or, or this, this working dynamic relationship is not working anymore, you have a right to say that. If you are a client, which means you're a paying client, I want to know if I'm not supporting you in the way in which you need. But to blast me on social media or to blast someone like Trav Travis Barker's daughter or Khloe Kardashian or all the different things, it hits differently. So here I go down the spiral, right? I watch the Kardashians. You can tell I'm like mildly embarrassed, but like I'm going to own it, damn it. It's fine. I like people watching and watching their patterns and human interest piece, okay? Anyway, that was over. Up comes Charlie DiMaggio. I don't, you probably don't, need, hopefully you don't know who this girl is because hopefully you're not on your phone enough. She is like the queen of TikTok. I believe I could be wrong, but she has like 147 million followers. She is the number one most followed human on TikTok. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know, 18, 19. And I believe this took place during COVID. So she was like 16, 17 when she blew up. She lived in like Connecticut and now she's in LA and she promotes Prada and she's on Dancing with the Stars with her mom. And of course they now have a, you know, series on Hulu and her sister is a singer and all the different things, but watch it. It is the most interesting example and result of what happens with all of the judgment and mean talk that's going on on social media and hate. Both of the girls... I said, you know, when the first season was done, it, they were like 18 and 19, okay, maybe 17 and 18. But both of them allowed the cameras to see their individual meltdowns and the anxiety and trauma that was, that happened, let's say, that, that now is within their body and their brain. And you may be listening to this and saying, I disagree with all this. They are choosing to do this. They have chosen this life. Sure. Same with me. I've chosen a public life, a thousand percent, but it's a dime a dozen these days if everyone wants to get, go viral and, and, and super this and super that and famous this and fa like that is what we've taught our children or the generation that's now the 17, 18 year olds. Like that's how to get quote rich. That's how to make your money fast. I'm sure you've seen some of these idiotic YouTube channels. Yeah, that's totally me judging. Shh, don't tell anyone. That are like, oh, we bought 15 bazillion million Nerf darts and we're just going to shoot them all over the place. Now, you know what? If my child sees that, they're going to think that they can do that for a living and actually make money and have a huge home because some people do it. And some people somehow, thanks to YouTube, you know, they go viral, right? Charlie DiMaggio's sister discusses her anxiety so heavily to the point of almost being suicidal. And it was heartbreaking to watch this sweet family, this wholesome family. She, I think Charlie, honestly, I think she just went viral on a, on a, on a accident. Like 
one after another, after another, and, and boop, there she went, right? It just hit. She got lucky. Yeah. Charlie breaks down too. And she shares how it's so hard to express or talk about the truth because she'll be judged or who she dates or, or this or that. And it's so concerning how we all feel that we can just bash the shit out of everyone and think that there's not going to be any repercussions on a mental health basis. And that is the world that our children are being raised in. So what is that going to look like in five to 10 years when I'm talking about mine now, like when mine are teenagers, maybe you're listening and yours already are. I mean, the shorts are shorter than ever before and the tops are tidier and, and looser than it. Whoo, concerning, not judging to each their own, but it's just a little concerning. Yeah. So like, what, what do we do, right? How do we support our children through all of this hate and through all these taking to the internet and not just mean girling, you didn't sit next to me at lunch anymore. It's, it's like Charlie DiMaggio said she sent out a tweet and I'm telling you when I heard it, I was enraged and in tears at the same time. It was something like that stupid bitch. She should just hang herself. You can't, you can't just say that. You can't just say that and expect that it won't have any repercussions. You can't say things or blame or judge or like no one asked, like no one asked for your opinion of others who are choosing to be vulnerable and share their lives. And again, what do we do? I may not have the answer to that, but what I do feel we can do because we don't quite have the answers yet. Cause honestly, this hasn't happened long enough within our lives and homes and, and children. Like this is so new territory. We didn't have YouTube growing up. Like, come on, you know, we can talk to our kids. The, how do you feel? Where do you feel in your body? What do you need and how to go get it? I've built this to not only support my system and all my parent systems, but I've built it to be able to help our children understand how to support themselves. Because if you think about it, one day when maybe Charlie's best friend doesn't sit next to them, I don't know, at lunch, they can have the strength and courage to go up to their friend and say, hey, I feel really sad. I really felt sad when you didn't sit next to me at lunch, when we've maybe sat next to each other every other day, right? I really need to talk to you and I really want to check in and see what's going on with the two of us, right? I really need a hug. I, I don't know. Like I want Charlie and Eli to always, no matter what, be able to talk to me. And that's the basis for my entire method that I've created is for them to feel like they can come to me and say, Hey, I feel really, really sad right now. I feel really angry. I feel really unstable. I feel really scared and I feel it in my chest and in my breathing and all throughout my body. And I think I need to come home. I think I need to take a break from college. I think I'm not doing well. And that last piece, that last question of how to go get it, it's to verbalize it. And that's what I work with my clients on every single day is having them practice and build those patterns of verbalizing those things. The discomfort is the shifting of the brain patterns. We need to focus on sharing our thoughts and feelings vulnerably rather than bashing others to make ourselves feel better or minimize our own pain. And I think that that has been as fast as the world goes and as fast as we have taught this specific generation who's now in their teens and then now ours is 
The world is moving so fast, instant gratification, instant success, instant money, instant everything. The world does not work like that for everyone. It just doesn't. It requires hard, hard work and effort and knowledge and patience and kindness. And we don't know what our kids are doing late at night on the phone. Like we, we don't know, right? I have a sweet neighbor down the street who I've always been close with. She actually taught me everything I know about TikTok and I love her. And I met her when she was 12 and now she's about to start driving and even supported her through her first boyfriend experience. And when she decided, hey, this isn't working for me, he ripped her apart. And I do believe that when we can have conversations with our children and let them know that it's okay to share their emotions and feelings, right? I've told you, I've started this from a very young age with my kids and it has very much come into play in their own lives. If they can share how they feel, I feel really hurt and sad. I hope one day, I don't care if they're 12 or 16 or what, like I hope, 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 hope that I've drilled it into them enough to where they can say, okay, you don't want to be my girlfriend or boyfriend. Okay. I feel so sad, but thank you for telling me like, okay. And then, Hey mom, I feel really sad. My girlfriend or boyfriend broke up with me. Can I lay here for a little? We have to be the hub of our children's lives, not their social network. So often what's happening in today's age is we get them involved in sports and we get them involved in extracurriculars and we have friends, right? Our friends are the parents of those kids. So then we all get together for playdates or XYZ and we're hanging out with the parents and our kids are the ones socializing and we have forgotten what it looks like to first and foremost spend time with our nuclear family because we're all so strung out and exhausted and depleted that it's a relief to have grown-up time with other grown-ups and either bitch or complain or, 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 or share our feelings, not even bitch. Sometimes it's bitching just because we need it, right? But like that feels good for us. I got to tell you, it is hard work to create the type of connection and comfort and safety within children today and age, like I teach my clients. Every single one of my clients who chooses to show up for themselves and work with me, this isn't one, two, three, simple, easy peasy work. It requires us to do hard things and show up for ourselves in different ways than we ever have and get really honest with ourselves and get really honest with what our lives look like. I used to be the mom who had a whole group of friends in New Orleans and we would do that. We were all so exhausted. You know, we'd get play dates together and have wine and, and have fun and talk. And I'm not saying don't do that, by the way. You need that. I'm not shaming that. But what I forgot was that my children needed time with me. My children longed for most in the world is to be with me and experience things with me. And if you have zero capacity for that, that means that you're doing too much and you're exhausted and you're burnt out. I believe that if we help our children, if we help our children understand how to connect emotionally with others, the hate and the ripping apart of others and the judgment will slow down and the peace and love will come through. We need that in this world. Like it's not, it's not going well. 
You know, I read a book recently called Boys Adrift. It's a phenomenal book. There's also a book called Girls on the Edge. It's by Leonard Sachs. If you have a boy or if you have a girl, read one of them. It'll suit you well. I read all three, <laughs> Girls on the Edge, The Collapse of Parenthood, and Boys Adrift. Of course, I read the boys one first um, because I have boys. And then, of course, I read the other two for my own knowledge to support all of you. And he brought up such a great point of we have these schools that are thousands of kids, okay, yet football only has, excuse me if I get all this wrong, by the way, football only has like 36 spots on the team, let's say. And the reason that only has 36 spots on the team is because that's how many fit on a bus to go travel to the away game. But there's thousands of kids in the school. And so our children aren't embarking on certain social play anymore because they're being ripped apart to know that they're not good enough. That's not the point of social play. That's not the point of extracurriculars. It's not to win. It's not to be the most successful. It's not to get it on your resume. It's to move your body and regulate at the base. At the base of it, it's to regulate your body. And so less and less children are interacting with their families, less and less children are interacting with sports in a healthy way, not a competitive way, but a healthy way. Now we're all taking to the phone. We're all more sedentary than ever before. There's more obesity than ever before. There's more judgment of the ones who are trying to attempt to show this picture perfect life. And the only way in my mind, the only solution that I see supporting our children through this and making change and shifts is to support our children first and learning how to do that on a sensory level and supporting their mental health first and making sure that our connections with our children are strong. And maybe that means you don't take the extra assignment at work, or maybe that means you have to figure out how to slow down. Maybe that means you work with me or someone else to figure out how to slow that brain down so that you can be present with your children, so that you can make sure that they feel confident and self-supported and worthy of all that life has to offer so that they can go find the life that they want for them. But when they're seeing tons of caked on makeup with, you know, all the different things, it's concerning because that's what is being shown to the rest of the world that is beautiful, right? Travis Barker's daughter, like I said, like she's getting thousands and thousands of likes. So then little girls are seeing that and saying, okay, I must need to look like that to, to get the likes, to get people to like me. And that shows I'm worthy enough. We didn't have any of that growing up. None of it. There were no likes. There were no comments. There were no DMs. None of it. Another piece of this is watching what your children do on these devices. I've talked to you about screens in general and how that affects the brain, but let's discuss the emotional side of these screens. There's so much they can get into. You may be thinking, well, if I can't beat them, then let's join them. And that way my child can learn about coding and thising and thatting and getting involved and maybe starting their own YouTube channel so that they can be the next Ryan. Like, that I don't even know what to say about that kid. No judgment, just concern. 
And again, you may be listening to this being like, you are such a hypocrite because you are living a public life. You're right. I am. I'm living a public life and I take heat all the time. Heat that sends me to my bed rarely, but nonetheless, it's happened. And I do feel a shift. It did used to be fun. Before the pandemic, it was so much fun. Things have changed. The ability to just hammer someone has just completely shifted. And while that's not the majority of what happens for me, it's easier to knock people down than take a look internally that how what someone said is affecting you. Perfect example. I posted recently about ADHD and my opinion on ADHD. I do believe that there's more and more diagnosis of ADHD because of a multitude of factors, external and internal, what we're putting in our body, what we're putting on our skin, the rate in which we function, right? We're needing our kids to learn our ABCs before they even go to kindergarten, right? Like not understanding the brain, right? Like all these different reasons why. And more and more and more diagnoses are happening even in adults. And I feel that it is the evolution of the brain. I do. I feel that instead of bashing and calling it a disorder, we need to say, okay, this is just evolution of the brain. Our brains work a lot faster. And in some cases, it's not good. It's causing a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. That's why I help slow parents' brains down, right? But it's not a disorder. It's it's the evolution of brains, right? More and more and more children are being diagnosed with autism every single day. I believe it's the evolution of our brains. And oh boy, did I get ripped apart. Like personally, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's not a doctor. Like what? Huh? Excuse me? Like what? There's the follow button. You can click it. Like you don't have to stick around. It's okay for you to have a different opinion than me. It's okay for you to share that different opinion. It's not okay to rip people apart. I want you as part of my community. Don't get me wrong. I want you here. I want you here to learn and grow together. And yeah, sometimes I have uncomfortable conversations. This might be one of them. But if you don't at the core believe in my method or what I'm saying or what I'm preaching, I wish you well. Like I wish you all the best. And it is okay to disagree with me. Not everyone is going to like me. And I've had to learn to accept that. But for a human such as myself who has gone through something so incredibly vulnerable, like I've never gone through in my entire life. And I never dreamt I would ever go through anything like this. But then to do it when I already had created and built something so public and trying to share it in a way where I have, I've just gotten my sea legs. Like I've just gotten them. And so I'm so careful sometimes with what I say or how I say it. And look, I'm not perfect. Because especially when it comes to my story and especially when it comes to what I choose to share, it's, it's so, it's so personal and it's so heartfelt and it, it's like digging your finger in a bruise. And that's probably why for a year and a half, I didn't really share that much personal stuff because not even knowing it, every time I thought about sharing it, I was like, nope, not ready yet. Nope, nope, nope. Ah, ah, I don't know what I'd say. Okay, Brooke, you'll know. Okay, Brooke, you will know. You will know what to say. You will know how to say it. You will know when. And trust that. Trust within yourself. But I had to protect myself from all the hate that everyone is more than willing to just rip people apart. Like, these are humans. Khloe Kardashian, she's a human. 
She's been through a hell of a lot, a lot of deceit in her life, in her love life. Charlie DiMaggio, despite her fame of TikTok, it has clearly affected her to have serious anxiety, to fear sharing and to fear showing up for herself, to make decisions based on or out of fear of what others will think. And I truly feel that I'm stepping slowly out of that too. Prior to Jonathan passing, I was like, Kate Winslet, like, let my freak fly at the end of that Titanic ship. I was like, damn right. Like, I get to do all of me. Like, you can see it all. And like, I'm cool. You, you can think I'm going to be single forever and whatever you think. Like, you're, you're cool. Like, I got you. Like, you can feel that. It's all right. Like, I love you too. And for like a year after Jonathan passed, I was like, ooh, I can't. That will hurt because I know what it feels like to be bruised and have a finger be dug into you. And I had it happen to me by so many people close that I never, ever, ever thought it would happen, like family and friends. And so to open up publicly, it's like, well, what will they all think? Oh gosh, like, oof. So when you think about what you want your child's relationship to be like with themselves, with their brain, with the internet, with social media, have the hard conversations with them. Talk to them about what goes on on social media. Talk to them about how it may not even be reality. Talk to them about how people might choose to say things. Talk to them about it young, young. I know sometimes our kids will make mistakes. Sometimes they'll mess up. They'll do X, Y, Z, but create and build that long lasting connection with them now. Yeah. Like I just said, they're going to mess up and we have to support, not fix, support, not fix. Might be hard for us at times, but I have intentionally chosen. Yes, you see Charlie. Yes, you see Eli. I may tell you a little bit more about them here on the podcast than I ever have on Instagram, but I would never vulnerably share things about who they are, maybe experiences that happened, but who they are or how they tick, right? Or their own brain function, like their own stuff. That's not my, that's not my jam. Like they didn't tell me, okay, mommy, go, go share all the things about me. They get to decide that. And our children do as well, but they also have to be educated. And while we're still teaching all 50, you know, state capitals or whatever it is in school, right? Like we actually need to be teaching the ways of the world and how to support our brain and our body and how to support each other. Concerns are okay. Judgments, ridicule, hate, threats. It's not cool. Not cool. And with how focused our world is on social media, I have no doubt that your child will one day want a social media page. Maybe it's just to show their little scrapbook, excuse me, scrapbook moments. You know, that's what it used to be. And now we're judging all that because it's like, oh, they look so perfect. Maybe that's the best way to be. Maybe it's just like, hi, I just show you a little tidbit of my life and that's it. Either way, have the conversation. It's okay to have boundaries with that for your children. It's okay to talk about it. I'm not saying talk to them about it at four, <laughs> but talk to them about it. Talk to them about everything. You're nuclear family and the connection you have and the time you spend with them is a plus number one on the list. And if you focus on that, the rest will fade away and pan itself out. So until next time, XOXO. 
Dr. B.